Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. So welcome to the latest edition of the Coaching Podcast. Today I'm joined by Kristen Wright. So straight on that, Kristen, can let's tell us what you do. Uh, yeah, what's your role within British Canoeing and, and we'll expand on that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm the lead performance analyst here with uh, Canoe Salem. I started just over four years ago where I entered as a, it, I guess it's now called the Academy Performance mm-hmm. Analyst. Um, and I was in that role for a few months and I um, was able to get into the, the senior team. Um, so predominantly working with the senior guys and the Olympic team when it's selected, um, but also working um, in training with the Academy guys. Okay, so you work across the slalom program but predominantly focused on the podium end of it yeah exactly cool excellent so so how do you get there (laughs) so they're like when i was thinking about people to chat to this is a pretty niche job right so so how did kristen end up doing this job and what's your what's your journey so let's let's get behind the scenes a little bit and how did you end up it's yeah go on yeah sure it's it's a crazy journey when i always think back and reflect on it but Mm-hmm. It's I am where I am because of what I've had to go through. So it's it's been an amazing journey. Um, I when I was younger at school, I wanted to be a sports scientist, uh, working in sport. I didn't know exactly how. And back then, analysis wasn't a big thing either at uni. Um, so it was only through job applications I saw there was a thing called a performance analyst. And after a lot of looking into it, I understand what it was. Um, so working so, with so just to interrupt yeah so yeah. so you, you knew you wanted to work in sport yeah so was that because you were sporty as a kid or, or what was the attraction of sport yeah I I played tennis and netball growing up okay. um I, I love sport I love going to Australian rules football um my family's really into that so yeah really big on sport and okay. I like the environment of um being around what sport brought people mm-hmm. um and I love the idea of the Olympics that it brought everyone together. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you you were more attracted to I want to find a job in sport, and and then you happen to discover that there is something called performance and that. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. I knew it was elite sport I want to work in. Um, okay. So that was like the goal, but yeah, especially at school, you don't know all the different disciplines or mm-hmm. or how or how you get there. So it's kind of open minded to what I wanted to to do. So yeah, that was the first point, and then I spent quite a few years playing around with the different disciplines and see which one was my niche. Okay, so, so did you study it? So did you go to university to study it? Yeah, so I did an undergrad in human movement, which is sports science. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I still didn't know which uh, okay. discipline to work in. Um, and unfortunately, you just can't land a job straight out of uni. Um, so I did a master's in high performance science, which is uh, specifically working with elite athletes. Okay. Yeah. And what, what, this was back in Australia? Yeah, back in Australia. So it, it, was it related to paddle sport? This was, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> not, not at all? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. Um, they're working a lot of team sports. Okay. Yeah. And so, so then, so when did the performance analysis, what, when did that area start? And how did, how did, how did you get from, from that master's degree to A, living in London, on the edge of London anyway, <laughs> Uh, and also then working in canoeing. So. Yeah, I think um, after my was more like the rehab, the strength and conditioning side I was kind of interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so got a bit of experience there, got a bit of a uh, understanding of that. Um, 
2012 for the Olympics, I wanted to travel. I love traveling. Okay. Um, and so I came over here with my sister and I moved myself over here just to, you know, get to know the country. My, mm. my granny's Scottish. It's quite easily to come over. Um, and I wanted to find a job over here. Um, and I love the Olympics, really enjoyed the atmosphere, obviously the sport side of it, um, but couldn't get a job. And I realized over here, Performance House is quite big. Okay. Um, so I spent a few months here, um, couldn't really find my base here. So I moved back, back to Australia um, after realizing Performance House is what I want to do. Okay, um, so so the first trip to the UK, you had, you then discovered you wanted to work in performance and that. Yeah, that correct. And I think because, especially at that time, it's, it's quite big in, in football and rugby and there's a lot more jobs over here, mm -hmm. whereas back home there wasn't. So I think it, it took me having to come over here to understand more what was happening in that side of the discipline. Okay, so can I just, I'm going to come back to the journey from there, yeah. but it seems opportune to to give a description of what you mean by performance, because that's one of those terms that people will go, oh, performance analyst. I understand those two words, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure I understand what they're put together. So, so, <laughs> so you know what I mean? So you just came to the UK and got an understanding of, of, of where, of where it, the, the, the science, that side of it is going or, or was going. So what, what is it? What, what does a performance analyst do within maybe any sport, maybe more broadly? And then we can, come back to your story and then come back to what you're doing in canoeing. Yeah, so, yeah, so. sure. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. So performance analysts, I always have to explain to everybody because nobody yeah, yeah. even mm -hmm. heard of the term. So I always summarise it as I film and analyse sport. And I know it's a really brief terminology, mm -hmm. but that's basically my role. Um, I film training and racing. I then analyse that for, for racing, um, either for feedback straight away to the coaches or at the end of race to... Uh, basically describe how time was won and lost okay. um, and then in training how that then relates to racing okay. so are we training like we do in racing um, are we just as good as we are in this aspect of it in racing as we are in training um, but this the, the, the term performance analyst is we then put that into performance so that data okay. I collect mm -hmm. uh, it's not like a third party company where you collect all of it for, for rugby or football um, that good that just goes out to the public. This information I get to work with the athletes in depthly with you. the coaches. So, so you're generating the the data insight to help us understand in a bit more detail that's more tangible than 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 well that person went quicker, but but where did they go quicker? Exactly. And how exactly. did and may, maybe how did they find that time more than now how they execute that because that would maybe be more where the coach would look. Is that right? Yeah. But yeah, you would exactly. give the coach the tools to say. And the athlete, the tools to say this is where they were losing time. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. So, so in in other sports, people may see that, like on the TV, they how much possessions owned by one side to the other, mm -hmm. and where where the player covered the ground. That that's that's all performance analysts work as well, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, and then there's that yeah. level of working within a team, or and um, I love this role because I work really closely with the coaches. Mm -hmm. So we work together of what I collect, um, how I collect it. This is what I've got. Now it's up to you to prevent it. To, sorry, present it to your athlete. Okay. Some I do do a lot of analysis, and do you don't necessarily need to have it all, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's up to them to show to the to their athlete what they actually want okay. to be looking into. So it is partly a. It, 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 well, I suppose it depends a little bit on the athlete, doesn't it? On, on how Definitely. much information they want, but the, that coach can work with you and with them to to make sure they're using 
the most appropriate information at the right time? Yeah, correct. Okay, you know, and that, cool. that relationship with the coach and athlete is the most, I think, is the most important part of my role. Okay. The analysis is important, but if you don't have that relationship with the coach and athlete, mm-hmm. what's the point of doing the analysis sometimes? So if we were, for, for the, for the, again, for the layperson out there, they will see performance analysis, performance analysis work pretty much when they watch the TV all the time on sport, wouldn't it? Because it will give you the, the race stats. It will give you the, all, all that other stuff. That's really generated performance analysts in hidden in corners somewhere yeah, yeah, by all yeah. the scene so so it's it, it it's become i think maybe correct me if i'm wrong a major component of understanding elite sport because it gives coaches and athletes the the tangible knowledge about where they're where they're losing time or or if it's a different type of competition different type of game where their possession is or it means it, it, it gives them actually hard insight yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably. We definitely see it more around than the, the term performance yeah. analyst. People don't understand what it means, but if you enjoy sport and you watch sport, you see it all the time. Cool. So we're going to come back to what that means in canoeing, but what I wanted to just realise, we back on that journey. Mm-hmm. So you went back to Australia, having decided this is the, this is the area of sports science that I want to be in. And I want still want to be in elite sport, so I'm going to come back to that question as well. Park in that one. So, 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 what, what, what was the next bit? What happened from there then? So, how did um, that? So, I think my my journey was to get to know as many sports as I can. So, I I just love sport in general. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought it was quite important to get to know all different sports, um, and how they work. Um, and then it would be interchangeable to my whatever job I got. I could easily mm-hmm. show my skills. Um. So I worked with Tennis Australia, so I was a statistician at the Australian Open, right. where um, I collected all the data on a tennis match, which then was broadcasted online okay. um, and, and set that way. And I did that for Australian rules football as well and netball. So that was, I guess, that part I was talking about before. You see it all, all around everything. You, mm-hmm. you look on the apps and you, you see the score of who, caught, who kicked the goal where. Um, that was collected by the analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that side because it was high pressure environment. You're having to collect everything live, which is quite so, stressful. So, yeah, right. So, that, so that, this is because pretty important for it to be in real time and it to be useful if the competition's up. The training's slightly different, mm. but, but in competition, people want to know yeah, definitely. Like, as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, did, you, did you enjoy that aspect of it? Because a lot of other sports science, it's once the competition's on, then they get to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know unfortunately, I've chosen the one that I've got a pre, during, and post always working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, it's it's a hard one. Um, it's a very high pressure environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed the you having to be switched on all the time to do it. Um, and it took a bit to learn because you you do fail. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's okay to fail, you're never perfect. Yeah. And it was the understanding of how to accept the failure and keep going. Okay. So it'd be parts when you're not gonna get everything correct in, in a match. Um, so you would just take notes and correct that later on. So you, okay. you figure out the niche of, yeah. of working well with it. Um, so I really enjoyed that that pressure and drive. Um, so that gave you some real world experience of, of doing doing that. So how did how, how did that opportunity arise? Because that, that seems to have you know, you 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 were studying, you come over visiting, you discovered this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, how how did you first get that first opportunity to to be involved in actually doing it? Yeah, <laughs> um, fortuitous planned. I mean, uh, it was all yeah. It's always looking for different opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. I've 
yeah, grew up loving tennis, and I used to be a ball kid when I was younger. I just wanted okay. to go to the competitions and see what it's like to be in those environments, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the mm-hmm. the environment and the people I met, and I think I just knew how to look online for the opportunities. Oh, okay. Um, so they came up, and I would just email people to ask more mm-hmm. about it. Um, so I was always willing to go out there. And okay. And push, not push myself. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, find the opportunities. They're exactly. not going to come to you, are they? No, exactly. Because it's it's a fairly niche activity. Yeah. It, it, although we've established it's everywhere, but finding those, you're going to need to search them out. Yeah, yeah. definitely, okay. definitely. Yeah. So, so that gave you some practical, hands-on experience. In yep. again, we're still in team sport. Yep. Oh no, tennis. I suppose could be a team sport, couldn't it? Because you have doubles. But yeah. But we're still. We're, so then, where? How did that end up back in? Still haven't got back to the UK yet. No, <laughs> where did I go? Um, I think that I realised that point. I want to be working in a team. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. getting the the data out there and looking into it. But then, yeah, at the end of a day, I've done a few hours work. It's all out there, but I wasn't. Then looking at the information and and seeing how you can improve from it. Okay. So that was my drive to be like. So you I were generating the information, team. but you wanted to see that being able to use yeah. used more than just inform. Yes, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the journey, I was like, oh, maybe I want to work for one of these clubs, then I can get the information and, and see how we can work within the club and use that to see the improvements of okay, it, yeah. rather than the, the day in, day out, because I'm a very, I'm a people person, so I like to work with the people in the development. Um, so then I applied for a few jobs. Um, one, I didn't get a response. Uh, sorry, I didn't get an interview. So I, I asked, I rang them and asked, what, what can I do to develop? How do I get to a mm-hmm. place? And they said, you don't have any of the, the knowledge in the uh, technology. Um, and they said, we, we could hire you, but you would take you a year to learn technology. Whereas we could hire somebody else who already knows that, okay. they can know straight away. So that really drove me to look at the different softwares, which I didn't actually know about. Okay. Um, so then uh, I bought Sports Code um, as I either go to New Zealand for a few months or, you know, uh, learn a learn a <laughs> See, <laughs> on the computer and, and learn some software. Well, you know, who was gone holiday when you yeah. got that? That is a tempting offer. It was very yeah. So I was like, no, I'm committed. I'm gonna give this a shot. So I bought okay. it. Um, got to know the people at the company. They were really helpful in helping me develop. Um, learning a bit of it. I then have started my own business in such that I went out to different teams um and athletes to provide my services as an analyst or as a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and just got to know with working with people the analysis side the um technology side and kind of built my understanding that way Um, over a few years um and it was it was because it was it was a long journey but i learned a lot because i wanted to do it (laughs) well a lot of the best learning is self-driven isn't it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so then um i was ready to come back to the uk Mm -hmm. um my visa was still uh, in date which was great so i wanted to come over before i expired um, and a job at a sports school came up. Um, okay. Had the interview on the Friday, the Monday said they want me a week later. So, okay. well, yeah, I had a week to pack up, but I had already prepared myself for that. Um, oh, cool. I knew there wasn't going to be many roles in Australia, especially in Adelaide. Um, and I love travelling too, so it's a good opportunity just to go and see the world um, mm. with, with your role. So I came over and then uh, worked with multiple sports and multiple coaches. Okay. Um, so this was based out of the of the especially schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was a great experience because I was the only analyst, so I can develop it quite highly. Um, and I worked with a number of um coaches 
which was yeah that really important uh, communication skill with and the a range of sports as well so you would have got a chance to try yeah, these things out I think out. it was 30 sports at the school but I went about 11 of them oh, okay, which cool. is gets that balance that time management it's, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely had to to really have nailed that down and, and did that also allow you to see which tools work better in different types of sports because I know that's I don't know the different tools, but I, but I, I'm assuming that some are probably slightly better for individual analysis, other ones for team team analysis, yeah, invasion definitely. sports, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think it's uh, a big thing for my learning was I had learned SportsCode back home, mm-hmm. um, which is one type of software, and I came over and it was Knack Sports. So mm-hmm. very similar, but one's a Mac, one's a PC, and they they were similar but still different. And I got quite frustrated at the beginning because one couldn't do what the other one could. Yeah, but it's the understanding of everything has its place. And to learn, it's really important to learn multiple um, mm-hmm. softwares and hardwares for this role. Um, okay. So, And then Dartfish is another one which is potentially may, maybe more individual where the other ones are more yeah, sports-based. So a huge range of learnings of that. So when you do go to a different sport, this could be better fit. Got you. I mean, the only one I think I've heard of there is Dartfish and I've only ever use the very surface of it yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, it, and it seems quite complicated to me just bouncing on yeah. the surface of it so I imagine going in depth into some of these would be mm. um, so do you have a, an affinity for that is that is there an attraction in doing that you know in mining that because because a lot of people go oof that seems just just trying to work the software you know is that a, do you like, enjoy that aspect of the challenge of yeah, it yeah I do I'm, <laughs> I've got a bit of stub personality and I like to get something done when I put my mind to it I want to finish it I want okay. to and I want to do it well so um, when I have a challenge that yeah I get frustrated with it kind of pushes me more to mm-hmm. to get the answer to it so then that's the I have learned to uh, step back and I don't know all the answers mm-hmm. go ask for help so ask somebody who actually who does the software okay. ask them more questions or ask people out there so cool mm. so th- so then that gave you your first um opportunity so therefore you're employed in the UK you're over in the UK so yep. then was there some, was there another stepping stone before canoeing or, or how did you, uh, how did... no there I was there a few years um I got to the point that I wasn't developing um any further and I, mm-hmm. I I'm driven by motivation and development and I could have definitely stayed in that role but um I wanted to develop my own skills mm-hmm. um and I've like I said previously I always want to work in Olympic sports yeah um so, yeah, I got to know Julie Wells, who's the head uh, analyst at the English Literature Sport. Um, and the more I hung out with those people at conferences, um, the more it pushed me to really enjoy the environment. Okay. And the way they talked about the institute um, really drove me to, oh, I want to work in this area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the job came up and, yeah, very, very lucky. So that, so that because English, so are you technically employed by the English Institute yes. of Sport, but they align you to a particular sport yeah so but mm-hmm. in the interview process uh, the English Junior Sports so Julia interviewed me plus uh, a coach at British Canoeing because uh, when they hire someone they're aligned to both the values so mm-hmm. you want to hire somebody that's working with Canoe Lala with British with the British Canoeing but also in being employed by English Junior Sport got you okay. yeah <laughs> so that was your so that was what you say four or five years yeah, ago yeah just over four years ago so was that just at the end of the Rio cycle was that yeah it was um a year after, mm-hmm. um, beginning of 2018. So the the previous guy, he did the the cycle, and it's quite common to, to yeah, leave yeah. after a cycle. Um, and there were one analyst down for so there's normally two of us. Um, here there were one analyst for a year, so they wanted somebody to come in to okay. fill that role. 
so then so then so then you'd that would say the academy initially was it yes but that gave you the opportunity to be embedded in one sport with a view to um i suppose really honing that analysis yeah and i think over those years i really enjoyed working with multiple sports but be able to have full time just on one sport mm -hmm. that you get to know the ins and outs of it you get to know the coaches and the athletes really well um yeah i think that's a really big key cool um yeah and so so then um i'm going to just finish off the journey because we're going to almost get up to day to day so then so then you're in the academy and then the the the, the job in podium come up or was it was it i mean did it did they just merge i mean how did how did you end up predominantly focused in podium because that seems like from what you've said the end of the not the end of the road for your career but, yeah. <laughs> but the end of your aspiration to then now i'm working in an olympics yep. olympic sport at a high performance end at the sharp end focused on around a few athletes and you know so so what was that final what, what, what was the opportunity that was the final step to yeah get to um yeah coming in as the academy analyst i was going to do two races for the year um and my development until that time was to prepare myself to go to an event and run it mm -hmm. um but the the senior analyst at the time he uh decided to to leave he was relocating um to another sport in in canada um and that opened the opportunity for me to uh come in it was during the season so there was okay. no opportunity oh, right. to bring somebody else in so they said you're now going to do all the races um, <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah i remember Excitement. the meeting they're like yeah cancel cancel your calendar we're changing it all you're going to go all the senior races okay. quite a few with the the previous analyst and he'll train you up as as much well, yeah. as you can while you're still so you'd here do, you'd only done a few races already you, i had done any races. Done any so no. you've gone from expecting to do one or two of the academy races yeah. which is still a high level mm, definitely and then going Oh, hold on! I'm doing all of the senior ones, yeah. but but you had you had this other person by your side to start with. Yeah, so we had the three World Cups, which is back to back. I think we had four in the end, which was brilliant. I really could. Mm -hmm. I didn't know really what canoe line was in terms okay, of yeah, yeah. racing. Um, so having to learn a new sport, uh, a high level of analysis here, um, at the top level was quite a shock. But I just jumped into it. Um, that year we went to Rio for the World Championships as well. So quite exciting, big trip away mm -hmm. in another country. Um, so I think it was do what you can. Here is your opportunity. Um, at the end of the year, we, um, we're going to hire somebody else. Okay. It depends on how you go with it. We can yeah. either hire somebody to fill that senior role or somebody to come in at your Got level. Oh, okay, so you had, you had a perfect opportunity to prove that you could actually do that job that you've been... Exactly. aspiring to do yeah yeah cool. exactly Excellent. which is i was quite lucky with the opportunity and mm. i really i'd say that but it. i'm a big fan of you make your own luck and, and you yeah. said you put a lot of hard work in yeah put yourself in the right place to get the opportunity so when it does come up you're ready for the opportunity yeah. but, so we we'll go with luck but, yeah. but there's, there's also <laughs> being in the right place to be lucky in there yeah so yeah. So, so i'm gonna because i'm gonna come back to uh, uh, i like to throw forward questions to give yeah. a bit of a pause there but but um just so what on a date, let's go back to what do you do at a competition then? So it seems opportune now to say, yeah. so you, you go to the World Cups and and what? What does that actually look like then? Because you've said so far that you're busy all the time yeah. and that everyone's information straight away. Um, but, but what is that? I mean, talk me through. So you, you arrive at a competition and then I suspect you're busy from that moment onwards. So what 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 is it that... Yeah. Talk me through the journey of arriving at a competition for you. 
So we often go to an, a, a venue uh, probably a week before, so we get to train on, on the water, the athletes get to know it's a different course for the event. So that week I help the coaches filming, um, any analysis we do on that course we get to do then. Um, plus I'm preparing all the equipment for that racing. So. I take a lot of equipment with yeah, me. Yeah. Don't travel light. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Um, to, to do the setup we, we uh, provide. So we're quite lucky in our sport provides us race footage. Um, we just need to have the computers and cables to connect into it. So this is the ICF provide that footage. Yes. And that's kind of guaranteed at every World Cup yes. and world level competition. Yeah. So you just need to just, you need to plug into that source of information and then utilise that with all your software and yeah okay. correct um what they do they have multiple cameras on the course and they film and switch um i work with a quite a few of the other big nations and we talk to the icf um with the okay. camera guys to because we we want what we want in terms of we need filming certain parts of the course so do the other nations um sometimes you you get video cameras people who just zoom in on people's faces yeah. or they switch at the wrong moment yeah. the gate's a different angle so we want good quality footage but mm so does everyone else yeah. so we try and work as a team to feedback to the video guys what we want and what works best for them and that, so that's and a really big that, part that, that, that might only become a challenge where there's somebody else wants to capture those pictures to show the public because that's what the cameras are, are partly there for yeah. certainly at big events yeah. it's all well and good it's not just about analysis we want to watch the Olympic final yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and then that is a, quite a big issue over the years that they used to have broadcasting footage of the same camera angles as ours so what you're getting yeah, people yeah. on tv want to see the exciting cool angles but that doesn't help in our analysis if we can't see where the gate is um yeah, yeah so we like the more so when you're talking shot. about the cameras at the minute that that, that negotiation is is really for data collection yeah. and if the tv are there they've probably got additional cameras that they would plug in i think they do now yeah. um unfortunately it's all about what the, the rcs funding is okay. um and we need to uh, for my role as the analyst, I've got that I need the correct video to feedback, and so oh, the yeah, coaches okay. want good video, yeah, but um, they're trying to cover a lot of things as well with the, the people they've got. So we're just trying to come to a compromise that we're quite happy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's so, quite a big part of the role. So we're gonna, so we'll assume through negotiation, you've got you're you're mostly happy. Yeah, I can't imagine you ever completely happy. There's bound to be a <laughs> that angle's not quite ideal, or that camera's a bit too far away because we all know we'd want the camera every. 20 yeah, meters, so exactly. that would be ideally because that's yeah. but there we go. So, so then, so then, what in competition, then what data is useful to, to what is it that the coaches and athletes want that puts that pressure on you to deliver, uh, like in real time, yeah, before their next run? It's it's a time based sport, so we look at splits, so looking okay. at times they've done certain parts of the course. So, once we've get the the video that comes through, so my role is to get that video and distribute it as quickly as possible to coaches. So I have all their laptops. I try and send them the video so quickly that they come to me with their laptop. It's already there. Okay. Um, and then they can feedback. Sometimes there's only a, an hour or so changeover between one person's run and their next run, and they want to improve within that hour. Okay. Or, or learn learn from their past past run what they can do differently. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I then use Dartfish. That's the uh, software we use. Um, and we split it based on what the coaches want to look at. Um, and we feedback time. You've done it in, in 15 seconds. The person who finished first did it in 13 seconds. Okay. So now they've got the video of our athlete and that other person. They can then 
use dart fish to pull them head to head. Mm -hmm. They can then look at, they can delve into it more. What went wrong? Is was it something obvious or something quite, quite niche we need to look into? So and and likewise, they can see where they've been ahead of the time, so they know correct. Yeah. Whether if they if they mess with this one below it, it might actually compound the one above. So they've got that. Yeah. So, so it is it, it is kind of an informed tool that they that it's not just as oh well you need to do that a bit quicker because it, it could have implications on, on higher up. So it's definitely a it, from my my impression of when I've seen them using it, it's a really useful additional insight to the feel the athlete got and the eyes that the coach got on that as well. Would that seem it's yeah, like a correct. it's a, a really important tool. Yeah. But they don't just go. Or oh, you know, Kristen said this, so we're going to. You know, it's 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 a insight, in, in, uh, quite important insight. Yeah, I would oh. never tell them this is the way to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously they they have process and they have planning at their end. Mm-hmm. I just give them the data yeah. um, and say this is what the data is telling. It's either going to it's to inform them to yeah, to yeah. back up. Okay, this is what we thought. Or actually, oh, this is might be something different. Let's look into it a different way. Let's use the video. Let's have the conversation. How the athlete felt. Um, so yeah, it's not the all or nothing. It's just yeah, yeah. an extra bonus to it. So that gives you the, that's the in competition stuff, and that will happen every every round. And then at the end of the competition, that's you finished, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he wish. says jokingly, because yeah. because then you're then you do do you do then post race analysis to work out what would have been the um, ultimate run if 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 every, if you strung all the best bits together? Yeah, yeah. So we we capture most athletes so even if it's not ours we get access to everyone's Mm -hmm. footage so we want to have all that in case we need it um and then the week after is the end of the day i uh jump on and do a race report which basically means delving into those those splits more um and asking fully pulling out those questions of what parts of the course were they doing well in and what needs a bit of improvement so then at the end of the season, you can line up all those races and say, okay, we've got a common theme here. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something you're actually excelling. This is brilliant. This yeah. is not so much. Okay, why is that? Do we need to look at that in the training? Or do we need to look at, you know, the people who are constantly winning? So, so something like um, if, if they were getting occasional t- touches, two points, if they're all grouped around a particular type of feature or a particular part of the race, even early on, where they're going a bit out of the gun too quickly or, or at the end and that could then feed into how they might review their their, their winter training or, or, or amend their approach to not again it's a useful tool isn't it to think that exactly. might be somewhere we can go yeah yeah, yeah exactly and, and that I suppose with some of those athletes that will grow over year on year so we can actually see um because invariably, unless they're winning every single race every single time, yeah. there's going to be slightly different parts that they might want to to, to review on for the following winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. It's all, and my role is to have those conversations where we review after a race, and this is my my pullouts from it, um, and it's just to start that conversation. It's not saying canoe sailing's that hard sport that you, yeah, yeah. we don't know. There's too many variables like? to say it's definitely that, but, exactly. it, but, but this might be useful information. Do you also know about venues? So so interestingly, when we look back over the last two or three years, the people that have won on this venue have been strong in these features? or Because the features don't necessarily change a lot, do they? But the mm-hmm. gates gates do. Does that come up? Is that something that... Or is, or is it... Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, what? it's something we do talk about. Um, we have the data... We have a big database that we store the information to be able mm. to hopefully do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not at a stage to 
give that information just yet because sometimes okay. it's a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a key conversation because every venue is different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're all um, different paddlers who are might be just good on different venues. Um, cool. And we have a brilliant course here, but we train a lot on this course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is quite different to other courses. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the ability to pull up data from previous years on a venue or, or look at courses that way is, is quite an interesting conversation to, cool. to instill steal on approaches. So, uh, so I think we've given, given us a pretty clear insight there how your, your role feeds into both training and then it's, and it's, I'd go as far to say, an essential insight during competition. Because otherwise it would be a bit more subjective. It looks like they're going quicker there. It looks like that was quicker there, but but we don't know. So so that gives us that kind of more objective side of, of, of feedback. Yeah. Is that that, that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, and then, but then there's also there's there's then, but there's also how it might be used in training as well out of the competition season. So it's kind of uh, it seems to me a really embedded kind of aspect of feedback. Uh, is where I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah. I think. For me, an important thing is to train like you race in terms of yeah, yeah. the analysis. Don't just get the racing in an, in sorry, don't get the analysis and racing. Because the yeah. athletes don't get to see it very much. And when they do see it, it's quite foreign. And yeah, you don't yeah. want to bring something new into a race environment. So if we do something quite consistent or quite often in training, that it just then becomes you, part of yeah. their day-to-day. Um, rather than going on. And then actually distracting them in a competition rather than exactly. helping them. Exactly, and they can make the call too. Sometimes they say to the coach, "Actually, I don't want to look at the, I don't mm. want to look at that data sheet." Yeah, yeah. The coach then would pull out what they think to yeah, tell yeah. the information as and maybe well. Maybe be as a buffer for if they, because that's again knowing the athlete coach relationship. Exactly. How to deal with that athlete in a race situation. Some may want it, some may not. Some may want it sometimes. Yeah. Some may not. I don't want it today. Yeah, <laughs> and that, yeah, that's exactly. Because we because they're human beings, aren't they? Yeah. And, and <laughs> so so um so I think we've got a pretty clear insight into your to your role and how you got to your role. So. So this is a question that I've kind of asked other people involved in high performance sports. So what is it about high performance support sport that particularly drew, drew you to dare? And then secondly, on, on the back of that is where does your reward come from? So so it sounds to me like there's quite a lot of pressure, quite a lot of people in demand for for the information you're generating. So where does your reward come in that bit so we've got a kind of two-part <laughs> question there so so a bit more about why you what attracted you to high performance what what is it you said right from the beginning that you wanted to be involved in the olympic sport and high performance so what is it about that then it's for me it's the the racing getting involved with the team and and competing because mm. we we train to do that okay. so i know on in uh lockdown we didn't go to an international race in 18 months and that drove me slightly crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, there's all this data, but like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm pulling all this data out. It's, it's going, it's, it's getting there, but we need a, we need a race to, to prove yeah, yeah. ourselves how we're developing, and, and the athletes need to see that. So mm-hmm. um, and just going to a race and, and pulling it all together and then learning from it as well. And like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what we've been training for. Okay, this went slightly not to plan. Okay, how do we keep going the next step? So it's it's the events that keep me going, um, okay. and it's the I often say it's elite sport is a roller coaster of emotions, especially in the in in Olympic sport when you you've got four years, but you've got um, you've got team selection and and going to the Olympics and coming back and then having to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's the understanding you understand a lot about yourself by going through that. Okay. Um, so I really enjoy 
that that side of it the the changing um changing of the role um you're not just sitting there doing the same thing all over okay. everything's yeah. different because <laughs> yeah the, the, the both the the year the years are different in a cycle yeah. but the year itself is different from exactly. training to a to, to competition mm-hmm. and and there is that um yeah there is that kind of pattern without it being repetitive too yes. much is there there's there's kind of interesting to that bit yeah. so then where did your reward come so at the end of a season we'll say at the end of a season or even end of a end of a race you know you can do whatever whichever way you want yeah what what is it that makes you think great i'm going to keep doing this mm-hmm. it, or you know where, where does it come from because you're behind the scenes no you're sat usually in some hot sweaty tent it, 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 you know what I mean where the temperature yeah. outside is like probably getting close to 30 degrees and you're yeah. sat in a tent by a computer seeing everybody else race via a screen yeah you know so so where, where, does, where does the joy come for you where, what, what keeps you motivated to go like yeah that's brilliant yeah it's it's not a hard one but it's it, when you think about it in terms of I'm often the first there and the last to leave mm-hmm. um, and it was funny during the Olympics my family and friends were watching on TV and they'd say oh we saw you on TV it's like no you <laughs> didn't really. so I was in the I was in the team tent away from all the cameras you'll definitely not see me okay. um, but it's quite interesting to, I do it because you embed yourself in the team. It's a pretty, mm. this team is pretty special um, in terms of it. It's everyone knows everybody. You work for individual athletes and their coaches. So you all have a different plan for whoever you're working with. Um, and then when something goes well, when those big, mm-hmm. big things happen, it's really exciting too. You were a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously you go through when the sad moments as well. Yeah. Um, that roller coaster and, you still you definitely feel a part of it um but yeah it's yeah it's it's a it's a hard one you look at all the different roles i have but i really enjoy what i do because i feel like in a corny way i'm I'm making a difference but i'm having an impact i'm helping them and when sometimes they say something like oh we we did that move because of the data you gave us or you gave us more insight in that moment it's quite Mm -hmm. nice to hear that yeah 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 Mm -hmm. i think for me when i look at elite sport as well it's like i know it People hear it said that the athlete is the bit that everybody sees, but there's a team behind them. And, and a lot of the time you don't notice that unless you're in it. But then it's almost like this team is competing against that other team. And when we, and I say collectively, the team win, get, has success, then we all feel a, yeah. a, a kind of a part of that. Which, which when before I was involved in high performance, I kind of didn't quite believe that. Mm. I thought that they just said that yeah. and the people were getting paid and it's quite a nice job. But actually, the highs and lows are felt just as much by the team mm. watching, especially if there's a, a, a near miss, you know, for whatever we, we call it. it, it we feel it as much as, as much as the athlete feels it. Yeah. But equally, uh, I, I get terrible watching a medal ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm miles away. I'm not even, like, in the, I'm not even in the close team. I'm, like, kind of just, like, wear the same jumper. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but there's that kind of connection because, you know, the individuals, you know, all the effort that's gone in. Exactly. Not just from the athlete, but from everybody else that's around them. Yep. that that is a collective team mm-hmm. effort um, yeah. that, that, that's there so so that kind of a pretty special it's a it's certainly a um um privileged position to be in because because people are racing in boats on water i mean we're, we're let's put it in perspective yeah. you know what I mean? we're not we're not we're not curing the curing yeah, the world exactly. of important diseases yeah. but 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 it, it has a i think it has a, a really important part you know i i'm really fascinated by it so so on all of that journey then so so there's there's kind of two two last areas i want to talk about so one of them is 
So I'm interested in key learning. We, we learn from mistakes often. So you alluded to a few mistakes somewhere along the line. There is any that stand out to you that you go, oh, and that's one that I kind of learned loads from. And if I could have, I probably would have undone it. But there it is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So any any kind of you know what's your what's the blooper reel for 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 <laughs> Kristen and 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 there anything anything you, that stands out? Or? There is a lot, but unfortunately, as a performance analyst, there are going to be. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, it's it's how you pick up from that. Mm-hmm. You're I when we bring in students to help us, I I quite clearly say to them like. You will fail. There's going to be things that do go wrong, but just be honest about it. I think the big thing is to put your hand up and say, yeah, I did that, I'm sorry, and just try and move on from it mm-hmm. um, and just inform people. Um, so great experiences. Back to the, the tennis example, we had, it was a heat wave day in, in Melbourne um, and we nobody could play any, any matches. So we were just sitting around and about to go and analyse um, a... Uh, match and we get there and everything seems to be working fine and then there was about three of us on each court um, our computers weren't talking to each other which meant the the stats weren't coming through they weren't going up online and nothing was happening um we, we didn't know what what to do mm-hmm. like they're still playing a match every yeah. point's being played um we do what we were taught that we have do have pieces of paper there if there's a backup so we went to the old school hand notation which is still brilliant <laughs> pen and paper and just write down what we normally would be recording while one of the others would try and figure out how to fix the equipment mm-hmm. which we didn't have any experience on um so then when once we got the help to come and actually do the fixing of that we're doing stuff in the background and i remember we got brought into the the head office and they're like yeah it wasn't obviously great what was happening today um but good job on taking that initiative to do the hand notation because mm-hmm. if you didn't that'd be the first match we would have had to write off with no analysis okay so right. at the end we had to go in with the broadcasting people and actually talk them through the, the analysis so we did a lot yeah. more work finishing but mm-hmm. adding to the so all the uh, networks didn't get it live didn't get the information live but there's what we had control over was what we tried okay. to do best um so a bit of a shock because it is going out live to, to Spain and to... But also, I suppose it's a bit like an insight into those early days of performance. Yeah. That would have been it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly exactly. going, whoa, hold on, I'll do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's it. Going back to pen and paper when you used to... Yeah. All this video, d- digital, pausing everything, yep. number crunching, going, hold on, I've got a pencil. And a pen. You still exactly. carry a pad and a piece of paper oh, just in case. Oh, definitely, definitely. Stopwatch, pad and a piece of paper. Um, as much as I work with technology, I don't necessarily trust it. So, because <laughs> it tends to always fail where you really need it. So, pen cool. and paper is always handy to have. Um, like with splits, coaches always carry a stopwatch. Sometimes it's easier to get yeah. back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a really interesting learning curve um, of how we got through it. But I'm a big believer that you learn from your mistakes, mm-hmm. um, and all that all that makes you a better person, better analyst. So, um, being understanding that and. It, it's quite hard when you're filming something, when you're based on video, if you didn't press record, there's no way of rewinding yeah, yeah. and then recording it. You've lost that. There's no video of it. Um, there's, you can either just be really frustrated and really down on yourself or you just have to pick yourself up and just keep going. Yeah. Um, and the communication is the big key. Talk to the people who need to know and they respect you. Um, yeah. Open honesty is often it's, I, I thought I pressed it and I didn't. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely. Those, it? Go, I, I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, it's yeah. an honest mistake and we all make humans make mistakes, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Otherwise yeah. we would be machines. Well, actually machines, they go wrong. <laughs> um, right then, so last question then. So if somebody was, um, you know, 
similar to yourself back mm-hmm. in back in the day they 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 know they want to work in elite sport so yeah. what would be your recommendation of how they might find out about a performance analysis because you said you didn't even know about the no. role until you found out that's what I want to do so how would you advise somebody who, who maybe is out there thinking oh that sounds interesting yeah what would I do I'm, I'm just in bay levels and like that sounds like an interesting area yeah. to what, what would be your recommendations there well it's definitely developed over the last uh 10-15 years so there's a lot of unions that do a master's now oh, okay. specifically in performance analysis um, and that's where we get some students. So we run events during the year that we need a lot of bodies on ground. Um, so they and get we a bring taste them in. They yeah, get, oh, okay. and, and it, it helps me because I need the people, but I think it's really important to, to yeah. get those people to understand what it's like to be in an early mm-hmm. environment. So Before they commit in. to it and then realise, actually, I'm not sure I actually... Sounds good, yes. but when I see it nitty-gritty, that yeah. maybe... But, but so that would invariably, I suppose, in order to get to that master's level, they would you'd probably advise them to get a breadth of insight yes. into all the different roles? Yeah, so I think uh, my role, you, know, you, you have to have a uh, undergrad to work in sport. Mm-hmm. Some roles you need to have a master's, okay. um, but it definitely puts you higher up there yeah, and yeah. you definitely get more experience from that. And, so. then, and then that software, I suppose that, that that's always changing, updating, but, but, but finding out what what is the current and, yeah. and familiarising yourself with that gives that which the door is open, you've got more chance of getting in there. Than, yeah, than, definitely. Than... I'd say there's quite a few um, free trials on some of them. Okay. Um, download it for a month and play around and get to know it because I didn't know anything about what the softwares do. And once you get to know one, you get a good understanding of what the, the aim of analysis software is. Got you. Um, there's, there's some student trials that you can quite easily get and there's a lot of people out there who are willing to connect with you and help you through it. Um, so it's just being confident to put yourself out there, ask mm-hmm. questions to people. There are people who are willing to help you. Um, so also because it's such a useful tool, you could also approach people earlier in the pathway because I'm sure they'd appreciate some sort of analysis, even if it was in training, not even, if it was in training, and then potentially that you could actually get some practical experience yourself, just, yeah, just trialling it with some athletes to, 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 to see if you actually understood the, the, the software yeah. That kind of stuff would be useful. Yeah. I worked with a baseball team. I was the strength and conditioning coach pre-season. Um, and I said to them, they didn't have any analysis. So I said, would you mind if I filmed your matches so I could learn mm-hmm. uh, a new sport yeah. um, and uh, a new software? And of course, I'd give you information as well. And they would they jumped onto that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was really interesting way of doing it. I, I worked in netball and understand netball really well. So I just, you know, got... Um, netball matches are off online and coded it myself oh, okay. just to understand so, something that I sport I knew already and went through. So when I went to interviews, I could show okay, this is something I've created and I've used my initiative to. Yeah. So I think I was just going to say that back to you then. So I think what I've kind of picked up from your journey is that it's driven by your inquisitiveness and initiative rather than. I'm just going to go on that course and we'll learn to do that and then hopefully something will fall on my lap which there's a, a particularly in, in in high performance sport there's not really standard routes in <laughs> people no. have to get skills and then they 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 have done something else themselves to prepare themselves for the opportunity when it arises because they only come up <laughs> they don't come up regularly no. they come up often every four year on a cycle which yeah. people can get off then can't they mm. if they want to but often people go oh, I'll do another one yeah. and then suddenly you think oh unless something happens in the middle of that cycle you know then then 
you, you might not be able to find an opportunity exactly. but, but there's yeah, a lot of sports uh, there's lots of sports and yeah. there's lots of opportunities elsewhere yeah I think yeah like you said yeah you make it what you put into yeah. it mm-hmm. and it I will honestly say it's a it's a hard job you're the first one to leave like mm-hmm. first one to arrive last one to leave you do a lot of long hours mm-hmm. and it is exhausting when you're traveling but I love what I do yeah, so yeah. if you don't if you're not motivated by anything, if you don't enjoy the sport, the people you work with, potentially this is not the... Yeah, you yeah. definitely have to be that kind of person to enjoy this mm-hmm. the role. Um, but like you said, it's all these It's enjoying that, that pressure, on. isn't it? It's enjoying that, yes. that, that, that in a positive way. The pressure yes. sometimes framed negatively, but yeah. sometimes sharpens our awareness definitely. and our senses if we've got a little bit of urgency about something. Yeah, agreed. Champion, that seems like a perfect opportunity to finish there. So thanks very much for spending the time and letting me be nosy. No worries. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.